the time. All right, Ephesians chapter 1, let's open with a word of prayer, and let's dig into God's word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, we praise you, we love you, Lord. You are indeed a great and awesome God. Lord, as we go to your word, we ask that your Holy Spirit would be our teacher. Again, not the words of man, but the word of God would go forth with power. And we thank you for the privilege we have to gather together in your name. I thank you for everybody who's here this morning. None by chance, all by divine appointment. Whether it's their first time here or they've been coming here for years, I just pray, Lord, you would minister to every single heart. Less of man and more of your Holy Spirit. We ask in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. So we're going to look this morning at prayer. Because that's where we're, we, if you're new to Calvary Chapel, we go by verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book through the whole Bible. We started in Genesis 1. We'll be in 1 Samuel 23 this coming Thursday. We started in Matthew 1 and we're in Ephesians 1. And one of the things that God's been putting on my heart, you know, the Bible says that, you know, you shall make my father's house a house of? A house of prayer. And I believe that we need to pray more. Who here besides me needs to pray more? Can I get an amen to that? The Bible says to pray without ceasing, for this is the will of God. And so it's important that we pray, but it's also important, what are we praying for? And here's the reality. If we're not careful, our prayer life can be pretty selfish. Can I get an amen to that? That our prayers are all about me, and what, and what do I need in my life? And, and, and I, there's a stirring in my heart, especially as you know, we're trying to reach this city where there's only two churches in the whole city, and we're the larger one. Uh, we want to see this place reach for the kingdom of God. Amen. And you know what? Revival comes when people pray and the Word of God is taught. Can I get an amen? So we're going to look at that this morning. And as we do, again, uh, along with that, as I study, you know, have you ever, you show up at church and the chapter is taught and you think, that was for me today? Have you guys, I've had people come up to me before and go, did my wife call you? Because that was (laughs) like, how did you know? And I don't know. The Holy Spirit does. You know what? This was kind of one of those chapters for me today. Whereas I was studying it throughout the week, God was really gripping my heart. And just my own walk with the Lord, I want to be, I, you know what, I want to live a more holy life. How about, can I get an amen to that? And I, what I mean by that, not, not more holy so God will love me, but more holy because He loves me. And He knows what's best for me. Can I get an amen to that? And I've been telling you the thing God put on my heart months ago is, you know, holiness for me and grace for everyone else. Amen. Be gracious with the world around us, but Lord, help me to live a holy and set-apart life, not to be satisfied with anything less than your highest. And I pray that not just for myself, but I pray that for us as a fellowship, that we would be what God wants us to be, that we would be tools in the hands of our master, used for his kingdom and for his glory. Amen? And so that's my prayer. And as we go through this looking at prayer today, and by the way, you know, I, I, I have a prayer. One of the big reasons we really want to move is we want to better minister to our children. Can I get an amen to that? And part of what happens in a fellowship when, you know, this is, I've been part of four church plants is the fourth one. And whenever you see a church plant, one of the hardest things is usually that people come and if their children aren't ministered to, they, can't, they don't feel like they can stay. Or there's not, now our children's ministry people are doing an amazing job. Can I get an amen to that? But we just don't have the room and, and, the, and the facility. So I'm really praying that God's going to open that up. But that's part of what, as I'm praying, I'm praying that we would reach every family and every part of every family. Can I get an amen to that? And guys, I promise you the Word of God will always be taught. The compliment I get about this fellowship all the time is how loving that it is, and that's a reflection of all of you. Amen? People say, I visited your church from out of town. They'll send me an email and say, I've never felt so loved at a church in my life. And my prayer is that if you're new here today, you'll stay afterward, and you will uh, give us a chance to get to know you, because we have an agape feast. 
Now I'm going to just give the, the model for prayer and then we're going to dig into the text. We'll look at the outline. But the model for prayer is seen in Luke 11. And what I love about it is it's a, it's a pattern for prayer. And so the first thing we should do when we pray is praise him. Can I get an amen to that? You'll notice that when I pray, the first thing I do is talk about how great God is. And by the way, when you start your prayer with recognizing how great God is, all of a sudden what you're praying about isn't that big a deal. Can I get an amen to that? If he's an all-knowing, almighty, all-powerful, all-gracious, all-merciful God, then we can certainly come to him with the troubles and the trials in our life, knowing that he's great enough to take care of it. So begin with praise. But we also want to pray for providence. You know, God's will be done in my life. Amen? Providio means to, to have seen beforehand. So I want to pray for divine appointments today. I want to pray that I can be used for your kingdom and your glory today. Not six months from now, not ten years from now, but today. So not only praise in providence, but we thank God for his provision. You know, he is Jehovah Jireh, Lord God, our provider. Amen? Give us this day our daily bread, as is prayed in that prayer in Luke. And are we thankful? And by the way, people say, well, you know, your prayer life should go beyond your meal. I agree with that. But don't ever skip praying for the meal. Can I get an amen to that? I think more and more Christians have gotten away from that. And I think we should thank God every time we open up the fridge. Amen? You'll be thanking God a lot, most of you. Amen? <laughs> But not only praise provision, uh, providence and provision, but also for perfection. And that's where we come with a broken heart of confession before the Lord. Every time I pray, I need to ask God to forgive me. Can, now, has he, has he already forgiven all my sin? What's the answer? Has he made me holy in him? What's the answer? But the Bible still says that we come daily before him when we have sinned, the conviction of the Holy Spirit, and we seek forgiveness. But not only praise providence, provision, and perfection, but also protection, and largely from temptation. Do you know that God, we'll see in, tonight's, in this morning's text, that he gives us power to live a holy life, and one of those things is to say no to temptation. The Bible tells us that with all temptation, he makes a way of escape. Have you ever just noticed how clear the escape is? Can I get an amen to that? You're about to say something, and the Holy Spirit's going, don't say it. That's not a good thing to say. I don't say that. Don't say that. And here's the reality. We don't fall into sin. We run through eight stop signs so we can sin. Can I get an amen to that? And the reality is that as we pray, we need to pray for protection from temptation. And then we bring our petitions. And these are prayers for others. We want to pray for other people. I'm blessed that I get a, a, some green... I, I get to know some of you very well by your prayer requests. I go through the, I'm going through the church directory now that we have one, and I'm praying for everybody in there. I've got one in my car. I've got one in my office, and I'm praying for you guys. But then people put in prayer requests, and some people I haven't even really got to know yet, and I'm praying for you. And, and when you pray for people, it's amazing. You know who you love the most? The people you pray for the most. You ever notice how that works? When you start to pray for people, your heart is knit to theirs, and you have a burden for them. And then finally, not only praise providence, provision, perfection, protection, petition, but also with persistence. Pray without ceasing, for this is the will of God. So this is the pattern for prayer. But as we look at this morning's text, grab your outline. Before you do, though, let me just say that last week, if you weren't here last week, grab a CD when they're available. Go online. Uh, Our riches in Christ. See, the, the Ephesian church was in, in a very wealthy city that was surrounded with idolatry. The goddess Diana, remember from back in the book of Acts. And people were getting saved. They started burning all their witchcraft books and setting their idols on fire and breaking them. And the people in the town, the guys who made the idols, saw their gig was going away. And they cried out for two hours, great is the goddess Diana. And you can cry out whatever you want for as long as you want. And if it's a lie, it's still a lie. Can I get an amen to that? 
So here's what happened, is they're in this city, this church is there, and it's surrounded, and the idolatry, most of it was focused on sexual immorality. They, the goddess Diana was a goddess of sex, basically, and they were having, they had temple prostitutes. So here you are, a Christian church, surrounded by people with a ton of money, who were all caught up in sexual immorality. That sounds like California. Can I get an amen to that? And so in the midst of all of that, he writes this letter to them, And the first half of the letter of chapter one, if you were here, he talked about how rich we are in Christ. You see, we we judge blessings sometimes based on the physical when the real blessings are the eternal. Can I get an amen to that? And we talked last week, just by way of quick review, we saw the work of the Father, the work of the Son, and the work of the Holy Spirit all in the first 14 verses. Here's the work of the Father. You've been blessed, you've been chosen, you've been predestined, you've been adopted, and you've been accepted. Thank you, Jesus. Can I get an amen to that? God chose you. He accepted you. He's blessed you. He's adopted you. You're adopted into his family. He will never disown you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. Guys, those are real riches that will outlast this life. Amen? Then we saw the work of the Son. You've been redeemed, forgiven, enlightened, and given an inheritance. We've been redeemed. The price has been paid for us. We've been forgiven. He went to the cross and suffered as if he lived your life so you could be rewarded as if you lived his. What a great and awesome God we serve. And not only that, though, we've been enlightened. He he helps us understand truth. We'll talk more about that in, in the text this morning. And we've been given an inheritance. What's our inheritance? What is it? Heaven. We are going to heaven. Only Tim's excited about that? (laughs) We are going to heaven. Can I get an amen to that? Guys, heaven's better than you think. I can't wait. We're going to get to heaven and we're going to be blown away. No matter how great you think heaven's going to be, it's going to be way better than that. And you know what? The first one I want to see and when I get to heaven is my Savior. I'm going to hug Jesus one day and that just brings tears to my eyes even thinking about it. I'm longing for that day. I'm longing for the day to see my dad, who was a pastor again, and to see people who love the Lord and those who've gone before us. It's going to be the biggest family reunion ever. Can I get an amen to that? I'm so excited about heaven. And guys, you know, as Christians, when we have that eternal perspective, it ought to bring joy to us even when we're going through difficulty in the temporary. Can I get an amen? You talk to Christians, they look like they've been sucking on lemons. Amen? I'm going to heaven, yeah, yeah. Going to heaven, right? Well, not today, though, so I don't know, you know. And there's this mentality, and guys, we are so rich. Blessed, chosen, adopted, predestined, accepted, redeemed, forgiven, enlightened, given an inheritance. And then finally, the work of the Holy Spirit we saw last week, we've been sealed and assured. The Holy Spirit is a down payment on heaven. It's ownership papers. He tattoos our heart in a sense. He puts the Holy Spirit inside of us that says we belong to him. It's a a promissory note that heaven is coming. Can I get an amen to that? And I love it. And the fact that the Holy Spirit lives inside of us should be an encouragement to all of us. So now that he shared with them their riches in Christ, grab your outline, we'll go through it and we'll dig into the text. So he tells them, here's how rich you are in Christ. Here's all the things you have in the Lord. How, how much should you be rejoicing? Don't be worried about uh, people around you seem to have more. You have everything you could ever wish for eternally. What they have is temporary. We should be thankful. So I tell the message this morning, what we, should, what, what we really should be praying for. What we really should be praying for. First of all, who should we pray for and how should we pray? First of all, we pray for all the saints. By the way, 
don't we all typically pray the most, and I'm not saying this is wrong, but we pray the most for those who are suffering the most. Can I get an amen to that? And I, don't have, I have four children, I love them all, and, and, and I would never, I, I totally love them all, they're all different, they're all unique, but I tend to be uh, closest, at least in my heart, in the moment of, for the one that I'm praying for the most, the one who's suffering the most, the one who's going through the greatest trial gets more of my attention. But we're going to see in this morning's text, we need not only to pray for those that are suffering, but we need to pray for those who are doing well. Can I get an amen to that? And often, because the people that are doing well are being faithful and being used by the Lord, often we, we tend not to pray for them as much. But guess what? Often they're going to be the ones that get attacked the most. Amen? The ones who are living out loud for the Lord. Satan's resources are limited. Who's he going to go after? He's going to go after those being used by the Lord. Not only who we should pray for and how we should pray, but then what we should pray for. What should we pray for as believers? What should we be praying for? We saw the, the model prayer and some things that are there. First of all, to know him better. Should that not be our prayer? Lord, I want to know you better. You know what? To know him better is to love him more. Can I get an amen to that? And I want to know the Lord better. I want to have intimate fellowship with the Lord. Also, not only to know him better, but to know his calling for your life. See, Jesus didn't save you so you could be a pew potato and sit on the sideline for the rest of your life. Can I get an amen to that? He saved you to use you for his glory. You don't enlist somebody in God's army and then put them in a pup tent for the rest of their life. Can I get an amen to that? God enlists us, God calls us, God gifts us, and God wants to use us. So we want to pray, Lord, I want to know you better. And then, Lord, show me what you want to do with my life. I want to use it for your glory. But not only to know him better and to know his calling, but to know how precious and valuable you are to the Lord. Do you know how valuable you are to the Lord? See, people struggle today with depression and fear and anxiety and worry. And and some of that, I get it. Some of it could even be a medical issue. I understand that. But I think a lot of times we are so focused on, we have such a heaviness about our life because we're so focused on ourselves and we're not focused enough on the Lord. And we're so focused on ourselves without remembering how precious we are to the Lord. You know, you have the parable of the pearl of great price. The farmer finds a land and and he sees that there's a great pearl. So he goes and sells all that he has so he can buy this little plot of land so he can have that pearl. And people often think that that's man trying to reach God. Well, no, we can't. We know we can't sell enough to reach him. Can I get an amen to that? What that parable is really about is what, what the Lord did. He gave it all because you're his treasured possession. Because you are precious to him. The God who spoke the stars into the sky, the God who can do anything, you know what he treasures? You. He loves you. If God had a wallet, your picture would be in it. Can I get an amen to that? I mean, the Lord loves you so much, he'd rather die than live without you. So as we pray, we need to be reminded of how precious and valuable we are to him. And then finally, to know, we need to, as we pray, we need to know his power. Can our God do anything? What's the answer? And too often we pray amiss because we pray like God's limited in what he can do. Our God is greater. Our God is greater. And I'm so thankful for the greatness of our God. So let's begin there in Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to pick up there in verse 15 where we left off last week. He's just told them how rich they are in Christ. And the first thing we're going to see is who should we pray for and how should we pray. Look at verse 15. Therefore... Therefore means, when you see therefore in the Bible, say, what's it therefore? He's saying, in light of everything I just told you, 
in light of everything I said about how rich you are in Christ, about how rich you are in the Father, how rich you are with the Holy Spirit, all the riches you have as born-again believers. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Notice that Paul, the first thing he lets them know is how thankful he is. After I heard of your faith, the word faith there in the Greek means credence or conviction or assurance or belief. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Guys, faith is only as good as the object we place our faith in. My faith is not in faith. My faith is not in religion. My faith is not in our church. My faith is in Almighty God. Amen? My faith is in Jesus Christ, the risen and living Savior who has triumphed over sin and death. And so because of our faith in Him, everything changes. And He gives thanks because He sees that they have faith. The biblical definition, as I just quoted, is in Hebrews 11. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Not seeing and then believing, but believing and then seeing. But notice, the key to that faith is, is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, I hear, I hear televangelists and people, you know, quote Christian television and others, talking about, got to have faith. Faith in what? And all of a sudden, it's just got to have faith, and faith moves mountains, and faith, well, it's not faith in faith, it's faith in Christ. And when we have faith in Christ, we'll never ask for anything contrary to his word or his will. Can I get an amen to that? See, they think that faith is a movable object, that as long as you have faith, you can ask for anything you want. You know, part of asking for God's will to be done is also saying, Lord, let my will be undone if it's not your will. Can I get an amen to that? If it's his will be done, my will be undone. It's not about what I want, it's about what your highest is. It's about your will. It's about you being glorified. Our focus needs to be on his will, not our own. So faith in the Lord, not in the Ephesian idols, not in their worldly rituals, but in the Lord. Guys, in the midst of a, a wicked and a perverse people, we need to have our faith in the Lord. We can fall into the trap of listening to the world. We become like those we hang out with. And often we can think we need to be more like the world to reach the world. I disagree with that. Because the world has what the world has, and the world's still lost. Can I get an amen to that? The world still has an emptiness. There's something missing, and we know the answer. What's missing is Jesus, and they need the Lord. But notice what he says there, and your love for all the saints. Here we have the evidence of true faith. We talked about this in Galatians 5. And the fruit of the Holy Spirit is love. love. And then everything else after that describes that agape love, that selfless love, loving someone outside of yourself more than you love yourself. And so the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the evidence that you have the Holy Spirit living in your life, one of the major evidence is, is love. They shall know us by the love we have one for another. I mentioned this on Thursday. Some of you, if you haven't seen it, you probably have. But you know about this police officer who went into the wrong apartment? She was one level lower than she thought. She parked on the wrong level. She thought someone had broken into her house. And she shot and killed a guy. He was sitting on his sofa eating ice cream and she shot and killed him thinking she, he, was an, he was an intruder, she got convicted, as she should have, and she got 10 years in prison. And then they were showing, I don't know how many of you guys have seen this, they are showing the man's younger brother as they were asking you know, him to share before the sentencing, and he, man, was, I, I'll tell you what, I want to be more like that young man. Can I get an amen to that? And what did he say? He said, I don't want any harm for you. I just want the best for you. And he said, you know what you need? You need Jesus. 
You need to give your life to Christ. And you know what my brother would want for you? He would want you to give your life to Christ. And he just shared, and he says, I forgive you. I don't even want you to go to jail. I just want the best for you. And they looked at the judge and said, can I go give her a hug? And he got down and gave this woman who had killed his older brother a hug, and they're both holding each other in each other's arms, weeping. And I thought, now that's Jesus in action. Can I get an amen to that? That's love. That's the Holy Spirit. They shall know us by the love we have one for another. And he says, look, I, I'm thankful for your faith in the Lord Jesus and also your love for one another. Guys, if there's no love, we are not reflecting Jesus Christ. Amen? You know what? True love gives. For God so loved the world that he what? He gave his only begotten son. And that's that word agape. It's loving someone outside of yourself more than you love yourself. So he's thankful because he sees that. True faith will produce an action. Faith without works is dead. And love is, this word agape is a selfless love. Again, that loves others more than you love yourself. See, right here in this verse, we've seen this is what the body of Christ should be. Love for God, faith toward God, and love toward, toward man. Faith toward God, love toward man. Can I get an amen to that? That's what he just said. Because of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love for all the saints. Again, People ask me a philosophy of ministry. I've been a pastor 31 years. They say, what's your philosophy of ministry? They think I'm going to give them 8,000 words or I'm going to hand them a 20-page paper. It's six words. Here it is. You ready? Preach the word, love the people. Amen? That's what we want. We want the best fed and most loved people. Amen? We want to give you the whole counsel of God. We want to teach it without compromise. And we want to make sure that you don't never leave here without being told how much the Lord loves you and how much I love you. Amen? And that's, we see it right here in this verse. Is I thank God for your faith in Christ and your love for the saints. What a picture. And that's how it ought to be. The greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Love God, love people. Amen? Love God this way, love people this way. If there's no love, that's not the fruit of the Holy Spirit. But notice who he prays for. He says, all the saints. All the saints. Because you, I know, often we focus again on praying for those who are hurting, and we should. Can I get an amen to that? We absolutely should. Uh, we prayed for Janine last Sunday, if you were here. We brought her up front. She had her surgery on Tuesday. I heard it went well. Praise the Lord. Amen? And we want to pray for each other. And, that, and you guys, we can't pray for you if you don't let us know how to pray for you. Amen? So let us know. We want to pray for you. We want to encourage you. We want to minister to you. But I want to encourage you to do this too. Let's not just pray for the hurting. Let's pray for even those who are doing well. Because by the way, they're going to be hurting sooner or later. Can I get an amen to that? Because we're all going through trials. We all go through difficulty. But I think so often I find this in myself. I was convicted this week that I pray for my three boys who struggle more than I pray for my daughter who's doing really, really well spiritually. She's married to a pastor. She says, well, I pray for them all. But I find myself praying for them more and I was convicted. I need to pray for them just as much. Can I get an amen to that? Because where does the enemy attack? His resources are limited, and he's going to go after those that God is using. And you know what? Nobody can stand on their own two feet. We all need prayer. Can I get an amen to that? No matter how spiritually mature somebody may be, take heed lest ye fall. And we all need prayer. So who do you pray for? We need to pray not only for those going through difficulty, those who are backsliding, but we should, and we should continue to do that. But I think we need to pray and learn from Paul's prayer to pray for those who are, are faithful as well. Because again, Satan's not, not going to use his heavy artillery on the guy who's already struggling. 
The guy who's walked with the Lord is weak. Where his own flesh has got him walking away from God, he's going to use his resources. So pray for our missionaries. Pray for your pastors. Pray for, pe- pray for people in the fellowship here that you know are spiritually mature. Let's pray for everybody. That's why I love the church. By the way, if you're not in the church directory, I should have been. Can I get an amen to that? We told you for 15 weeks, please, can I get your picture? Please, can I get your picture? We'll, we'll make another one. But I go through it a lot, and I'm praying for everybody. Whether you're doing great or you're struggling, and it's okay, and that's how it should be. Pray for all the saints. But notice how, what he says, Do not cease and give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. We're not to cease praying. Now, does this give anybody else a headache besides me? The Bible says pray without ceasing. And you think, how is that possible? i got to eat. i got to sleep. i got to work. You know, what this tell, you know what pray without ceasing, what it really means? It means that we never stop interacting with the Lord. Can I get an amen to that? It just never stops. I say when I wake up in the morning, yes, Lord, I begin my day with the Lord, and then I spend time in prayer with the Lord, and then I put them on speakerphone and leave them there all day. Can I get an amen? Driving down the freeway, talking to the Lord, praying without ceasing. It's not that we, we spend 15 minutes with the Lord and then we put Him in a closet and we go out and live the rest of the day and then we come back and let Him out at the end of the night or we, we open Him up and let Him you know, sit next to us at a meal for 15 seconds while we pray for the food. Then we put Him back away. That's not how it should be for a believer. Can I get an amen to that? It should, he should be, Jesus is your best friend. He should be. Are you married to the Lord? Amen? We're the bride of Christ. I know the Lord better than I know my wife, than I know my children, than I know anybody, because I spend more time with Him. It's intimate fellowship with God always. Can I get an amen to that? And He says, I pray with you without ceasing. We should live a, co- a life of constant prayer, constant intercession. To who should we pray for? Not just those in difficulty, but those on the front lines. And how should we pray? We should pray without ceasing. And you know what? I found that when I pray with a heart of thanksgiving, I tend to live a life that's more thankful for what God has done for me. Can I get an amen to that? So, point number one there. Who should you pray for and how should you pray? Pray for all the saints. Pray for those who are hurting and struggling. Uh, Pray not just for deliverance from their symptoms. By the way, when we pray for people, let me say this. This is big to me. I was reminded again this week. We often pray for people that they'll be delivered from the symptom when we don't pray for the real problem. And what I mean by that is, so-and-so got arrested, I pray they get out of jail. That's okay to pray that. Here's a better prayer. I pray they fall in love with Jesus so they don't ever do anything ever again that sends them to jail. Can I get an amen to that? I pray, Lord, that you would help them with this, but we we need to pray, Lord, may they have a head-on collision with you. Because here's the reality. If we fall in love with the Lord, if we make Him the priority and passion of our life, it's going to change our behavior. Amen? And too often we pray, fix the behavior, and sometimes the behavior that they got in trouble for is an answer to the prayer we've already been praying. Lord, do what you need to do to get their attention. And then they have a car accident, total their car, and they're sitting in the hospital, and we're all mad at God, and He's like, I just answered your prayer, now I got, I got their attention. Can I get an amen to that? See, sometimes we look at consequences of sinful behavior. We want to blame God and ask God to get them out of it when the consequences are what they need so they'll cry out to God and they'll surrender their life to Him. So guys, when we pray, we don't want to just pray for the symptom. We want to pray for the root of the problem. Amen? Someone's struggling with drugs and alcohol, I pray they fall in love with with Jesus. Be not drunk with wine, be filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't need spirits, I got the Spirit. Can I get an amen? 
We need to pray that their priorities change, that their passions change, that they fall in love with Jesus. Because we often pray, well, help them get a job. That's okay. But Lord, help them fall in love with you. Help them to trust you to provide for them and help them go out and look for a job, trusting you as they look and then giving you the glory when they find it. Can I get an amen to that? So when we pray, we don't want to just pray, take them out of their symptom. Lord, do what's necessary to get a hold of their hearts. And then also we want to pray for those, even those who are used, being used by the Lord and pray without ceasing. Now, what should we pray for? To know him better. Look at verse 17. That the God of, of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. We need to pray to know him better. May, we give, may he give you the spirit of wisdom and, the, and revelation in the knowledge of him. The Bible says the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. People lack wisdom because they don't know God. Can I get an amen to that? By the, by the way, they have no wisdom. Now, they may be intelligent. I said this once and I had a guy get mad at me. A four-year-old who gave their life to Jesus in Sunday school has more wisdom than Albert Einstein if he doesn't know the Lord. Can I get an amen to that? Because the fear of God. Now, praise God. I, I, Albert Einstein might have been a believer. I don't know. I mean, and I hope he was. But here's the reality, is that too often we think of wisdom as being the attaining of worldly knowledge. But if that worldly knowledge is attained apart from the Holy Spirit and apart from Christ, it's not wisdom. It's just worldly knowledge. Can I get an amen to that? What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? I don't care how much you know about things of this world if you don't know the one who created it. And he's saying, look, when you pray, you need to pray to know him better. He's praying, he said, I pray that you have a, may give you a spirit of wisdom. You know, I meet people, uh, my pa- pastor Don McClure was my pastor in San Jose. Wisest man I've ever met in my life. I would sit in counseling sessions with him. I'm just sitting there kind of to observe. And I would think how I would respond. And then he would say something and I'd go, I should never counsel anyone ever again the rest of my life <laughs> because I'm an absolute idiot compared to this guy. And when I'd ask him, what is that wisdom? I mean, Pastor Don, you're so wise. It's amazing. He said, Dave, it's not, it's not my wisdom. I don't have any wisdom. You know what? I just cling to the one who is wise. Can I get an amen to that? See, guys, we need to pray to know him better because when we know him better, we will walk in wisdom. Our knowledge of him will transform how we live this life. People are arguing, is our country more divided today than ever? I mean, we got to go back to the Civil War to be as divided as we are now. And it's two extremes, isn't it? And everybody's fighting over stuff. And here's the reality. None of it matters but Jesus. And too often, we, be, be careful as Christians. Look, I, I'm very open. I, you know, I met with the people at the synagogue, and they said, you probably have different politics than me because, you know, we do gay weddings, and we're very liberal. And I said, I, I don't get that. Shocker that I would say that. But I said, I don't get that. I don't get that you vote for the party that's anti-Semitic. Aren't you guys Jews? I mean, doesn't it make sense to vote for... And no, we don't do gay weddings because it's in your book. It's one man or one woman for a lifetime, amen? Amen. But the reality is we live in a time now where people will be moved more by political positions. We need to be led by the Holy Spirit. You know what? I'm not Republican or Democrat. I'm a Christian before I'm anything, Amen. We follow Jesus Christ, and he's the source of all wisdom. He's the one that gives us direction. You know what this country needs? It needs revival is what it needs. 
We need, we need people to fall on their face and cry out to God. They can't figure out if they're men or women because they don't know Jesus. As if you know God, you know that he made two genders. Can I get an amen? They don't understand this. It's insanity. And you know where the insanity comes from? You remove God from your life completely. You take God out of, this, out of the, you know, the city square. You remove God from all the schools. You take God away from everything. You've got transgender drag queens teaching kids, and we can't have the Bible. What in the world? We need Jesus back. We need to bring Jesus back. Can I get an amen to that? Guys, we need to pray for knowledge of him because to know him better is to love him more. And to love him more is to love the world more. And it's to be able to stand up in the midst of all the nonsense and point them where they need to be pointed. And that's to the cross of Calvary and to our Lord, our Savior, our God, and our King. Can I get an amen to that? And we need to pray that God will raise up more people like that. Christians even get, you know, I can't, well, you've got to keep your faith. You can't talk about Jesus at work. And you can't, you better be talking about Jesus at work. Can I get an amen to that? We better talk about Jesus in our neighborhood. We're not supposed to keep it to ourselves. Guys, we need to pray, Lord, help me to know you better, to walk in intimate fellowship with you all day, every day. Amen? You know when we struggle? It's when we walk away from the Lord, even for a moment. It's called backsliding back in the 70s. Amen? Guy's backsliding. He backslid, slid on his back, away from the Lord. And the reality is that we can all take moments where we backslide, amen? Where, we, where he's not the priority anymore, even for the moment, right? Lord, my prayer, Lord, I want to know you better. Lord, help me to know you better. The Father of glory, the author and giver of glory. You know what? The God we serve said light, and light is, and light was. Can I get an amen to that? And people were, I'm worried about global warming. I'm worried it's just getting a little hot around here. You know, here's the reality. God's in charge of the climate. Should we be good stewards of the earth? What's the answer? But we don't worship it. I don't worship Mother Earth. My mom lives in, in Santa Cruz. and that, No, the earth is not my mother. Can I get an amen to that? And I don't worship my earthly mother. I worship my, worship my heavenly father. Amen? And he's the God of glory. And he holds all things into his hands. You know, they mock God. They're worried about the, the temperature changing by one one-hundredth of a degree. They ought to be concerned about God letting go for one one-thousandth of a second. You want to see everything fall apart, have God let go. And we need to pray to know him better. We've been justified. That's the work of the Son. We're being sanctified. That's the work of the Spirit. And one day we'll be glorified. That's the gift of the Father. Amen? We were were justified just as if we never sinned because the Son went to the cross. And now we're being sanctified because the Holy Spirit lives inside of us and he's separating us unto the Father and he's doing a work in us. And one day we're going to be glorified. That's a gift of the Father. And guys, I can hardly wait because I'm ready to get rid of this tent. How about you? This thing's falling apart. I've had tendonitis in this elbow for five months. I can't pick up a, a car key. Do everything I can to fix it. And I'm realizing, thank you, Jesus. There's no tendonitis in heaven. Amen? Thank you, Lord, that there's no more pain, no more sorrow, no more death, no more suffering. Can I get an amen? And no more division, and no more politics, and no more Facebook. Thank you, Jesus. Amen? We're going to get to heaven, and we're going to see each other face to face. We're going to see the Lord face to face. Amen? And our focus is going to be on Him. The spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him. Wisdom and revelation comes from the knowledge of Him. How wise is a man who devotes his life to a better understanding of something that's deep uh, and, and maybe even scientific or whatever, something in this world, but doesn't know the one who created it all. As Christians, the Spirit works in us. 
reveals the Lord to us that we might grow in the knowledge of Him. Amen? So to know God personally is salvation, to know Him increasingly is sanctification, and to know Him perfectly will be when we get to heaven, when we are glorified, glorification. It's not enough to know Him as Savior, we must get to know Him as Father, friend, and Lord. Can I get an amen to that? It's not enough for Him just to be our Savior, He needs to be our Father, our friend, and our Lord. Amen? Who's your best friend? Jesus. Who's, who's your Lord? Jesus. If you don't have an earthly father, you've got a heavenly father that's perfect. Amen? We need to quit praying over the symptoms. We need to pray to get to know him better. My prayer constantly for all of us and for all of you is that we be transformed eternally, not just escape what we're going through temporally. Can I get an amen? Certainly I pray that if you're going through trouble that God will bring you through it. But here's the good news. He never promises to take you away from it. He just promises to be with you in it. Can I get an amen to that? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He didn't deliver them from the fiery furnace. He just hung out in the fire with them. And if you remember that King Nebuchadnezzar said, who's the God that will deliver you out of my hands to come out, come out, you servants of the Most High God. (laughs) And it all happened one sentence away from the other because they were thrown in the fire. He looked in the fire and they weren't burnt up and there was a fourth one in the fire in the likeness of... The Son of God. And guess what? When you're in the fire, and, but notice you had to be called out of the fire. Come out, come out, you serve. They're hanging out in the fire. Come out, come out, you serve. You know why? Because it's better to be in the fire with Jesus than out of the fire without Him. And we pray, get me out of the fire. How about just have me hanging on to the Lord? I'll stay in the fire as long as I can hang on to Jesus. Can I get an amen to that? So we need to pray to get to know Him better. The knowledge of God. Point number, two, uh, number three there. What do we pray for? To know His calling. Look at verse 18. It says there, The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling. What has God called you to do? He says, give us eyes of understanding. Literally, it means eyes of your heart. Christians don't check our brains at the door. We don't just, we're not just led by our emotions. But the Lord does open up our eyes and He does soften our hearts and He does draw us toward what He wants us to do. I say this often, a burden is a spawning ground of a calling. What I mean by that is God's given you a burden for something. You see something that that we don't have in this fellowship and you have a burden for it, often that's because God's calling you to do it. Can I get an amen to that? If you have a burden for a neighbor in the neighborhood, if you have a burden for a coworker, that burden is, a, is God stirring you up so you will get out of your comfort zone and go minister to somebody else. Guys, God has a calling on all of our lives. He's gifted all of you supernaturally. And then one of the top questions I get as a pastor is, I don't know what God wants me to do. Anybody ever felt like that before? You know, somebody need to raise your hands because you've asked me and I know that you've asked <laughs> I don't know what God wants me to do. I, I, I want to be used by the Lord. I have no idea what he wants me to do. Hey, we new, move, move to the new place. We're going to need people to show up an hour early to set everything up. There you go. Looking for something to do? I just gave you something to do. But here's what I want you to do. I don't want, you to, I don't want to call you because if I call you, I have to sustain you. But when God calls you, he will sustain you. I never have to call the worship team. They're always here before me. I never have to call and make sure they show up. Because guys, when you're called, it's a get to, not a have to. Can I get an amen to that? And part of what we need to pray for is, Lord, what are you calling me to do? Lord, what, is, what, is it you, you've, what gift have you given me that you want me to use for your glory? And it doesn't always have to be something that everybody will even recognize. Maybe God's calling you to pray for everybody in this church every week. 
Maybe God's calling you uh, to, to go out with and invite people to church. Maybe God's calling you just to show up early and set up chairs. Maybe God's calling. I don't know what God's calling is on your life, but I know that God has a calling on your life. And it may not even be anything that happens here on Sundays. It may be something that happens. Maybe God's calling you to start a Bible study at work. Maybe God's calling, you know, God's got a calling on your life. And may we seek to understand what he has for us. is being enlightened, the truth illuminated by the Holy Spirit, giving us wisdom and understanding. Once we get to know God better, and we spend time in his presence, we get to know his word more, he will stir us up to the thing that he's called us to do. And notice what he says here. I love the enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Isn't it good to know the riches that are waiting for us? If we truly realize what God has done for us, we have eternity in heaven, no more pain, no more death, no more sorrow, no more suffering, no more crime or disease, no more wars, no more terrorism or natural disasters, no more divisions in the body of Christ, no more sin, no more false idols or false religions or attacks upon the Savior in His name, eternal life in perfect bodies, thank you Jesus, in the presence of Almighty God, where He alone rules and reigns. Isn't it going to be awesome when we're in a place where God is completely in charge always? Now, He is on the throne here, but we have people rebelling against him. Amen? When we get to heaven, no one's rebelling against him. Thank you, Jesus. Amen? I long for that day. The promise of heaven should change our perspective. If you're struggling financially, I don't take that lightly, but you have all the riches contained in glory. Amen? Our Father has a cattle on a thousand hills, and he's Jehovah Jireh, Lord God, our provider, and he's not going to let you starve if you faithfully follow him. Your career, your health, even death. Death has no sting for the believer. I told you guys, if I die before you do, and I, I beat you to heaven, if I die before you do, I told my wife, put me in a, put me in a U-Haul box, leave me on the curb, and just celebrate, because I won't be thinking about you. I'm just telling you. <laughs> I'm going to be looking at Jesus. And I'll, guys, get her quick, because I'm staying right here. Can I get an amen to that? And death has no sting. We close our eyes on earth, we open up in glory. Heaven's better, Amen. And that eternal perspective changes these light afflictions, which are a foot a moment, but will reveal the glory of God in us. I hear people say how tragic that so-and-so died too soon. I was a youth pastor. I did a lot of funerals for younger people. One of them was a youth pastor of mine. He was 30 years old. People kept telling me how tragic. I go, it's really tragic that he had to leave this dung heap and go to heaven. It's really tragic that he had brain tumors for years. He has no more seizures and no more pain and no more sorrow and no more suffering. Nobody dies too early. We all die right on time. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen? Now, again, we do hurt. And we grieve for those who leave, but we do not grieve as those without hope. Amen? An eternal perspective changes everything. Paul didn't pray, help them be less worldly, but Lord, reveal to them a deeper knowledge of you see when we get a deeper knowledge of him we will be less worldly can i get an amen to that it's not try to be less worldly so we can know god better get to know god better and you will be less worldly amen the focus isn't doing stuff to get closer to the lord it's get closer to the lord and the rest of it will take care of itself right seek ye first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and what 
All these things will be added unto you. So the priority isn't all these things being added unto you, and then you seek God. You seek God, and he'll change everything else. And I found the people that grow the most, typically the people that minister the most. It's not always the case, but that's pretty, that's pretty, I'd say that's pretty uh, accurate. So what should we pray for? To know God, to know the hope of his calling. The second part of, of chapter 18 there, again, he said, what are the riches of the glory in all the saints? God has only promised to give us an eternal inheritance, but he lets us know that we are his treasure possession. So the third thing we see there, along with uh, knowing it's calling the fourth one, is to know how precious and valuable you are to him. You know why people get discouraged and depressed? They think they're of no value. Again, it can be a physical thing too, and you might, but often it's we forget how valuable we are. And you've heard me say it a hundred times, so one more won't hurt you. You determine the value of something by what someone is willing to pay. Can I get an amen to that? I have this, I've had this watch about six or seven years. I paid like 80 bucks for it. And I would do it again because it's worth that to me, right? So that's got a value to it. If they said, this watch is $8,000, you can have that back. <laughs> I'm not that interested. It keeps time. I like it. It works. It's fine. You know what? This has a limited value, but you know what? In God's eyes, there is no limit to your value, to Him. He loves you so much, He would rather die than live without you. The next time you feel like you're of no value, the next time you're overwhelmed and feeling like you're worthless, the next time because somebody says something to you that hurts your feelings, I'm not saying that's okay, but what I want you to focus on is not what others say about you, but who you are in Christ. Because who you are to Him is the only thing that matters, and it's the only thing that will matter in eternity. Can I get an amen to that? You know, you have to have thick skin to be in ministry. And I tell people all the time, I'm pretty much unoffendable. I really am. You can't offend me. People feel, I'm sorry if I offended you. It's impossible. You can't. Because I already know I'm a stinking ball sinner, and, and by the grace of God I've been saved and I'm going to heaven, so I won, the, I won the, the eternal lottery in Jesus' name. Can I get an amen to that? So I'm really not worried if one or two, I don't, you know, if I've harmed someone's relationship with the Lord because of my behavior, God forgive me. But if someone doesn't like me because I taught the word of God or I stood up for the Lord, I'm not all that worried about it. And I'm not worried about someone saying things about me because it's not about me. Amen? You know when we get offended? When it's all about me. When I'm more worried about what people think about me. I really don't, I'm not that worried about what people think about me. I want, I'm only worried, concerned that I point them to Jesus. Can I get an amen to that? And see, too often, we walk around overwhelmed, feeling discouraged, because we forget how valuable we are to the only one who really matters. Can I get an amen to that? He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He chose you. He adopted you. He forgave you. He redeemed you. He gave you His Holy Spirit who wrote your name down in the Lamb's Book of Life. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And guess what? It doesn't matter if the whole world speaks out against you. The only one that matters on Judgment Day is that we're standing with Jesus. Can I get an amen to that? If God is for me, who can be against me? me you plus God is a majority. Can I get an amen to that? And we live in a world right now where we're overwhelmed. And bullying is wrong. And if I see it, I'm going to put a stop to it. But that being said... The world can try to bully us because we stand for the Lord. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you for my name's sake, for so they did the prophets who went before you. If someone doesn't get after you a little bit, you're not living out loud enough for Jesus. Can I get an amen to that? Final point. We go to communion. Knowing better, to know his calling, 
to know how precious and valuable you are, and to know his power. Look at the last three verses here, beginning in verse four verses. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? What's the word power there? Somebody's going to know. What is that in the Greek? Who knows? Dunamis. See, you guys pay attention at church. Thank you, Jesus. The word power there is dunamis. We get it from Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And you shall receive power, dunamis, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. It's where we get the word dynamic or dynamite. Amen? And so he's an all-knowing, almighty, all-powerful God, and he is for you. What a great and awesome God we serve. If we know his power, if you've been coming on Thursday nights, David was able to slay an 11-foot, 750-pound giant named Goliath when everybody else, the entire army, was shaking in its boots and shaking in their armor and hiding because David didn't see a mere, you know, a giant against a mere man. He saw a mere man against Almighty God. See, he saw it from the perspective of the power of God being filled with the Spirit of God, and all of a sudden, Goliath isn't that big a deal. Can I get an amen? And when we live this life, recognizing the power of God and walking in the fullness of the Spirit of God, then we know that God is faithful and He's greater than anything we will ever face. Amen? Sometimes when I talk to people, my sons, others, I'll focus always on, where are you at with the Lord? And people say, you've got to stop saying that all the time. I'm going to say it more now. How about that? <laughs> because that's all that matters. Because that takes care of the rest of it. Amen? People come to me and their marriage is falling apart. How are you guys doing with the Lord? Well, you know, well, there you go. There's the problem. One out of every two marriages ends in divorce, and one out of every 1,054 marriages where the husband and wife pray together ends in divorce. You want to make sure your marriage is divorce-free? Uh, pray. I need to pray with my wife more. She'll say amen to that. Can I get an amen? We need to pray for, with each other. and for, I pray, Not just pray for each other, but with each other. Amen? I want to encourage you. Again, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to us. Look what it says. Which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places. He's telling us it's that same power, that same mighty power, that dunamis power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that dwells in us to live a holy and set-apart life. Amen? To say no to temptation, to be used for his kingdom and his glory. You're not God, but he does dwell in you. Amen? Two of the main things that I see in Dunamis' power is the power to witness and the power to walk away from temptation. Sharing your faith, is that real easy to do? Easier for some of us? Getting out of your comfort zone, not always easy? The Holy Spirit prompts you to share your faith and you don't do it sometimes? Am I the only one that does that? And you know the Holy Spirit, say it, say it, say it, say it. Speak up, don't be afraid, say it. But they'll think I'm a Jesus freak. I hope they know I'm a Jesus freak. Can I get an amen to that? But the power of the Holy Spirit gives us power to witness, to share our faith. And you know, have you ever, have you ever started sharing your faith with somebody and all of a sudden you don't even feel like you're talking? Holy Spirit speaking through you. Can I get an amen to that? You're quoting Bible verses you forgot you even remembered. Can I get an amen to that? And the word of God, so he gives you the power, but he also gives you the power to walk away from temptation. See, every time we're tempted, we have a chance to grow or to fall. It's not just to fall. Because when we resist the devil, what does the Bible say? He what? He flees from us. So every time we're tempted, we have a chance to fall, but we also have a chance to grow. And people want to pray, Lord, take away the temptation. Well, the Lord doesn't tempt you, Satan does. Can I get an amen to that? So we're praying amidst. The prayer should be, Lord, 
Give me strength to say no to the temptation when Satan tempts me. Can I get an amen to that? And he will never tempt you with something that doesn't tempt you. He doesn't tempt me with lima beans. It's not a problem for me. I don't like lima beans. You're not going to tell me lima beans. I don't care. I don't care. He's going to tempt me with what he knows tempts me. Amen? And he's, he knows, you know, he's not all-knowing, he's not all-powerful, but he's seen your life, he's got some level of witness, and he's going to tempt you with the thing that he knows tempts you. But isn't it good to know that with temptation, God makes a way of escape every single time? And when we say no, you know what happens? We grow in our relationship with the Lord. We grow stronger to the next time we're tempted. If the death of Christ is, is supreme demonstration of God's love, the resurrection is the extreme, the extreme de- definition of His power, demonstration of His power. Let me say that one more time. Jesus' death on the cross demonstrates His, demonstrates his love, and His resurrection demonstrates His power. He has power over sin and death, amen? So the same God who loves me so much He'd rather die than live without me has the power over sin, death, and the grave. And guess what? His Holy Spirit lives inside of us. Thank you, Jesus. Can I get an amen to that? Ephesians 1 rocks. Can I get an amen? That list of who we are in Christ and now how should we pray? Let's finish up. For above all princi- far above all principalities, no, let me finish. He raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places. So where's Jesus right now? See him the right hand of the Father. What's he doing? He's interceding for us. Why would you go to anyone else when you can go to the one who created you, who loves you, who died for you, who is seated at the right hand of the Father praying for you? We don't run to the world, we run to the Lord. Amen? Verse 21, Far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. He's above every other name. There's no other name under heaven by which men must be saved. Jesus is the name above all names. Amen? And I'm frustrated when I see people trying to be politically correct and say, well, you know, you can get to heaven through Jesus or Muhammad or, you know, through spiritual, as long as you're spiritual. That's nonsense. There's no other name by which we must be saved in the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by, but by him. Guys, we can't get to heaven any other way. And when people try to put others on the, I love, I, look, I know there's people in the Catholic Church that are saved, and we got a lot of people with a Catholic background. You know that I love you. The po- I hope it's not true, but I've seen several articles saying the Pope said that the Muslims worship the same God we do. Uh, no, they don't. And I don't care who else says it. If I come up and say it next week, fire me. Can I, can I get an amen? The reality is, this is the, this is the authority. Amen. And, and Jesus is the only... Why is it people don't ever, never say, swear to Muhammad? They never say, swear to Buddha. Hare Krishna. I've never heard anybody say that once. But people take the name of Jesus Christ in vain all the time because his is the only name. His is the name above all names. Can I get an amen to that? And he's the only name that should be worshipped and honored and praised. And guys, we should never use his name as a curse word, only in praise. And I don't tell people about God because God can mean anything. I tell them about Jesus. Can I get an amen to that? It's Jesus. He's the answer. We need to know his power, amen? And it says there, the principalities, just so you know who those are, those are, are, are levels of angelic beings principalities and powers. The Bible talks about we, we battle not with flesh and blood, but with powers and principalities and evil forces of darkness in high places. So those are 
our rankings of angels and demons, well, he's above them all. Can I get an amen to that? Satan can't do anything unless God allows it. Can I get an amen to that? It had to go through his hand first. Satan is not the opposite of God. He's toast compared to God. We're not supposed to address Satan. We just leave Satan to him. Can I get an amen to that? Well, say, I cast down Satan. We didn't cast down. You can't cast down Satan. He can. He did. Let him. Can I get an amen to that? Leave him in his hands. And then finally, verse 21, 22, he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things in the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Who's the head of the church? Jesus. Only room for one celebrity in Christianity. What's his name? There's no other name under heaven by which men must be saved. It's not the pastor who's the head of the church. It's not the pope who's the head of the church. It's not any man who's the head of the church. It's not a board who's the head of the church. It's not the elders who are the head of the church. It's Jesus Christ alone who is the head of the church. Amen? He's the shepherd. He's the good shepherd. We're just under shepherds. He's the head of the church. We're the body. He's the groom. We're his bride. He's praying for us. All things are under his feet. Every evil, demonic spirit, every angel, every government is under his feet. Can I get an amen to that? Every star in the sky, all of creation, every man, every woman, every child. That's why being prideful is such total nonsense. Yeah, you've got to like me some me, man. I'm a pretty amazing person. You're a stinking ball sinner like the rest of us get over yourself. Can I get an amen to that? You're a sinner saved by grace if you've been saved. If you haven't been saved, you're lost. And people want to walk around and make a name for themselves. You know what? I hope they forget us and only remember him. His is the only name that matters. Amen? And people, want, people have people bowing to him. They're kissing their ring and worshiping them. You know, the apostles, when they bowed, they said, get up. The angels, when they bowed, they said, get up. When they bowed to Jesus, he let them bow because he's the only one who's worthy to be worshiped. Amen? We need to know his power and who he is. It's his deity, it's his power, it's his glory, it's his riches that lead us, protect us, and intercede for us. So now as we prepare for a time of communion, am I a little fired up today? How can we not be? Can I get an amen to that? So who should we pray for? All the saints. Pray without ceasing. What should we pray for? To know him better? To know his calling on our life? to know how precious and valuable we are to Him, and to know His power. You know what, guys? Too many Christians are living lives that are powerless. And they're powerless because we're not walking in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen? Now as we go to time of communion, we're going to do it a little different today, only because with the stage and the chairs being so close, we're actually going to have some of the men pass the elements right now, the guys who I've asked you to come on up. And so what they're going to do, they're going to pass the elements. And when you get the elements, I just want you to hold on to the bread and to the cup. Hold on to both of them. We will take them together. Amen? But do this. I say it every time because it's in the Bible. As often as we do this, we do this in remembrance of Him. Take a moment to look back to the cross of Calvary, to remember the cross, the greatest act of love in all of human history and how much He loves you. Take a few moments to look within. Lord, be there any wicked way in me. May this be a time of confession, if it needs to be. Amen? So we look back to the cross, we look within, and then we look forward. Because Jesus said to the apostles at the Last Supper, the next time I do this, I'll do this with you in heaven. Do you know we're going to take communion in heaven? I'm looking forward to that. Can I get an amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, we praise you, we love you. As we go this time of communion, may we, Lord, may we come with humble hearts before you. May we do this in reverence 
as an act of worship out of our love for you. Lord, we ask these things in your holy and your precious name we pray. All God's people said...